Coming up on 5-Minute News. Republican states pull out of effort to thwart voter fraud. More than 20 Atlanta protesters charged with terrorism. And stalled imports of solar panels from China begin to arrive. It's Tuesday, March 7. I'm Anthony Davis. Three Republican-led states on Monday pulled out of a bipartisan effort to ensure accurate voter lists, undermining a system with a demonstrated record of combating voter fraud. The moves, encouraged by disgraced former President Donald Trump, are the latest indication of how conspiracy theories related to the 2020 presidential outcome continue to ripple through the Republican Party and upend long-established traditions in how the country administers elections. Chief election officials in Florida, Missouri and West Virginia noted the Electronic Registration Information Center, more commonly known as ERIC, that they would depart the voluntary program, which has long been comprised of both Republican-led and Democratic-led states. They joined Louisiana, which left last year, and Alabama, which previously announced plans to withdraw this year. Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, in a letter to member states yesterday, also threatened to withdraw. That came just weeks after the Republican defended the system, telling reporters it was one of the best fraud-fighting tools that we have. Florida and its 14.4 million registered voters pose a considerable loss for the data-sharing group, which relies heavily on member states to produce reports on voters who may have died or those who have moved to another state. Its reports also help states identify and ultimately prosecute people who vote in multiple states. Yet the effort to improve election integrity and thwart voter fraud, which Republican lawmakers and local officials commonly cite as priorities, has become a target of suspicion, after Republican states failed to discover enough fraud to change the outcome of elections in their favour. With no National Voting Registration Clearinghouse, ERIC was the only data-sharing program among states. It was started in 2012 by seven states and was bipartisan from the beginning. More than 20 people from around the country faced domestic terrorism charges yesterday after dozens of people in black masks attacked the site of a police training centre under construction in a wooded area outside Atlanta, where one protester was killed in January. The site has become the flashpoint of ongoing conflict between authorities and pro-democracy protesters who have been drawn together, joining forces to protest a variety of causes, among them people against the militarization of police, others who aim to protect the environment, and some who oppose corporations they see as helping to fund the project through donations to a police foundation. Flaming bottles and rocks were thrown at officers during a protest on Sunday at Cop City, where 26-year-old environmental activist Manuel Esteban Paez Terran, or Tortuguita, was shot to death by officers during a raid at a protest camp in January. Almost all of the 23 people arrested are from states across the US, while one is from Canada and another from France. 
Like many protesters, Tortuguita was dedicated to preserving the environment, friends and family said, ideals that clashed with Atlanta's hopes of building a $90 million Atlanta public safety training center meant to boost preparedness and morale after George Floyd's execution in 2020. US imports of solar panels are finally picking up steam after months of gridlock stemming from implementation of a new law banning goods made with forced labor, according to two Chinese solar companies. A White House official confirmed the thaw in shipments at an energy conference on Monday, attributing it to clearer rules around complying with the Uyghur Forced Labor Protection Act. The law prohibits imports of products made in China's Xinjiang region, where Chinese authorities are reported to have established labor camps for ethnic Uyghur and other Muslim groups. China denies any abuses. The movement of panels that have been stuck at the border or awaiting shipment from overseas should help alleviate delays in U.S. solar project development stemming from implementation of UFLPA, which went into effect in June of last year. The freeze in project building posed a risk to the Biden administration's clean energy and climate change goals, the industry has said. Major Chinese manufacturers said their products had started to flow into the market in recent weeks. Trina Solar Company said more than 900 megawatts of its solar panels have cleared U.S. customs in the past four months, with less than 1% of those products being detained for examination. The products were primarily made by Trina, Jinko, and Longi Green Energy Technology, according to industry sources. Those companies typically account for up to a third of U.S. solar panel supplies. You can subscribe to the 5-Minute News Patreon for bonus videos, commentary, and more. Go to patreon.com slash 5-Minute News. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.